Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. Since 1994, Oregon football has grown from a second-tier program to a national contender. Duck fans and local media have their recognizable signature sounds, and every year new forms of presentation present new voices. As we continue our series on local podcasters, we are joined by two Eugene, Oregon residents who are creating their own Oregon sports podcast that takes an independent look at Oregon-based athletics. Joining us next on the Spent the Rent podcast, Justin and Shane, the hosts of the Flock Pod. Welcome to the Spent the Rent Podcast. I am your host, Self-Esteem Boat Willie. My guests today are Justin and Shane from The Flock Pod. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, so this is really cool. Uh, you know, I cover a lot of different stuff, musicians, politics. Every once in a while, it's true. It's cool to talk about sports. I've done a couple episodes in the past about sports, but it's pretty rare, so this is a treat. And I listened to your most recent episode last night to kind of prepare, and you guys are pretty knowledgeable. I thought I knew my shit, and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. You know, that's kind of how we felt, I feel like, when we were getting started, too. It's like, yeah. uh, I guess we kind of do know a little bit, but not really. Yeah, <laughs> there's just some phrasing and different things that... You know, some people, you guys actually come off as being polished, which is cool because I, I know that. that, Justin, you're a youth coach, and I think we'll mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. Shane, you work in a bar, is that correct? Yes, I do. Bartender which is, extraordinaire. Which, it's funny, I'm not, I'm saying that because that's actually probably where the most sports talk happens. Yeah, you know? it's kind of why I got into bartending a little bit was just like, I was like, you know, how can I take this knowledge and kind of get paid from it? And especially where I'm at now, it's kind of a smaller scale bar. So I get like more intimate, uh, like, re- uh, talks with people. So it really gets to expand on it and, uh, you know, share the wealth. Yeah, absolutely. So Justin, let's talk on that just a little bit. So you coach youth sports, so we're uh, going to avoid any any conversation here because i know that it's rough you got parents yeah, listening you know there's there's you know i can neither confirm nor deny certain things when you're on the podcast you know what i mean but it, giving back to high schoolers is what it's all about you know it's super fun to still be around the game and still be able to to contribute in that way um this year i'm actually coaching the u of a women's club basketball team oh, awesome. also so kind of working with like an older crowd and it's funny how the conversations are the same but different you know what i mean between the high schoolers and the college kids it's all kind of the <laughs> right. same topics but right. like slightly skewed obviously for different things but. Right, because I tend to get real political, and, and Shane and I were talking before we hit record that you know this is probably not an episode we're going to get into that. Which you know it's cool to take a break exactly, from, from yeah. stuff. <laughs> and there's so much controversial stuff we were talking about. I'm going to get political for a second, but we were talking. About, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to get political. Yeah. I am going to get. Political. We were talking about how how the duck 
Facebook page had posted Megan Rapino, and they just oh, posted a picture of her doing the O, uh-huh. and people were pissed. And it's like, what can you do when literally showing an athlete is political? And that's as far as I'll go. Well, but. that's just the outrage thing. That's everybody right. wants to be mad about something. Right. I'm I'm guilty of it too. So yeah. But anyway, we're here to talk about sports. So <laughs> so uh, so you know, you guys have been doing this now twenty episodes deep. Mm-hmm. Is it something you guys try to do weekly, biweekly? Uh, we're trying to hit weekly. You know, we had um, some some bigger goals. I think when we first started trying to do things, you know, multiple times a week, but quickly realized that just the the time it takes to not only record the episodes but clean them up, get them put up, and you know, do the social media advertising aspects, just kind of get it out to everybody. Um, streamlining down to one a week, and even at that, has been has been a challenge. Obviously, for our listeners, they know that we're not the most uh, consistent bunch in the world. Right. right? And it, <laughs> it is a little bit tough with like the news cycle, especially surrounding sports. That you want to get things out and have them be fresh topics right but then with it being you know we both work full-time and all that stuff we kind of ran into some of those hurdles so we do try and keep it kind of on like a little bit more of a broad spectrum where we're not doing just like you know that espn kind of hot take you know new topics every single day kind of thing and i mean get more into kind of like you know sports on a bigger picture sure and then doing it once a week is a, like it's our goal like he said when we started out we were going to try and do all this stuff and i mean you probably know how that goes a little bit with this oh but yeah I guess it's, you know. and that's part of the reason that when i was starting this out i was i was kind of thinking sports would be tricky because it is like such a you know it's like if it's two hours late you're already past the time you know and so i mean i remember print media when we were kids but nowadays like sports news you get it all from facebook instagram it's that so twitter rapid. cycle man yeah that right. twitter cycle is just so fast you have have to have a reaction within like you said two hours of something happening or you're no longer relevant right so yeah and you know like you said and that works that same way with with when i do political shows that that stuff's happening so rapidly i mean i did an episode about the impeachment inquiry and that's all old news at this point but it's still neat to go back and listen to it especially uh i had an episode with cam derby and we had to we talked about uh, Kyle Singler from South Medford and Kevin Love. And that was cool because it showed he was talking about memories of like the biggest time in sports history in his hometown. So yeah. that that's the kind of stuff you want to capture. Yeah, I remember actually just hitting on that. Uh, my dad would let me skip school to go to the state basketball tournaments at Matt Court to watch Kyle Singer yeah. and Kevin Love play. That was a big deal. Like one and two in the country, number uh, one. Yeah, play- I mean, I think they were 1A, 1B. And really. they play, I think they played. Like three years in a row in the state championship? I think it was Kyle Singer's freshman year they missed out. Well, and can we just talk about for a minute how it's a travesty that that still doesn't happen, that those games... I mean, like, Gil Coliseum's nice, but it'd be nice to bring those state championship games back down to Eugene. There's not a lot of basketball in this area, you know what I mean? I way. wonder if that has something to do with Matthew Knight and the way that... It, the, the money and then the amount of seats now, it's bigger, so it's harder to fill. That's and, true. That's true. You know, and then there's also events, and yeah, it's a big, yeah. it's a big thing. But So, uh, you know, you guys have an independent sports radio show, and essentially that's kind of exactly what it is do you have a producer is it just the two of you that kind of do it we have two producers actually uh producer jonathan um really helps us out um really cleans us up makes us sound good and then uh, producer zuko is actually my dog and he doesn't do as good of a job mm, that's <laughs> awesome yeah, he keeps things pretty dirty actually yeah, and stuff, yeah, but yeah. he helps out. definitely he helps keeps out. us on our toes you know yeah, that's how you us along. Uh, you know, I think you're focused on kind of something else that so you're like able to be more clear about other things. That, that's how Zuko <laughs> helps. But yeah, producer John, shout out John. Yes. Uh, he helps us out a lot. We, we realized uh, kind of early on in the process that we needed a little bit of help, especially just setting up recordings. We don't really have like a beautiful studio like you have here. 
Well, hey, hey, how dare you? The condo is a beautiful place. Right. It doubles as your living area. <laughs> right. <laughs> I live in this room when my girlfriend's mad at me. So, like, so hey, that's a good man cave. Right. So, uh, you know, what do you think? I mean, obviously, with any sports talk, there's a lot of podcasters. There's a lot of radio shows. It's kind of it, it, podcasts to me mean independent. And then now you have like the. Now, when you're professional, like Ryan Rosillo or whatever, Bill Simmons is probably the Bill Simmons is the king. Yeah, absolutely. Those guys, I think Shout it's cool when they have a podcast, but then there's some that it's basically just like repeating what was on ESPN. Like, yeah. not like I mean, like it's literally broadcasting the show just in audio form. That's yeah. not mm-hmm. that's radio. That's mm-hmm. a different thing to me. Yeah, I was kind of upset when like Jalen Jacoby kind of went from like a true podcast format to when they had their TV show, like you said. Yeah, just kind they, of should, like doubling they should just down. do both. I mean, yeah. you could do the 30 minute show and then you have a three or four hour podcast if you're gonna, cause I mean, the reason people like us don't do a three hour shows cause for one, we have to earn money. And yeah. we're not getting paid to do the podcast. This is very true. This is very For two, it's like, I think short and sweet, you know, you want those people have the credibility because they have guests like Kevin Durant. We have guests like each other. So yeah, exactly. You know, but you know, so my guess what I'm getting at is what is my question is what, what do you think as far as small scale locally, what sets you guys apart as far as an Oregon based podcast? Well, I think the fact that both Shane and I grew up here, you know what I mean? And kind of having that intimate experience of being, you know, like U of O fans, you know, from birth, basically. I was born and thrown in like a green and yellow onesie, I feel like. And then um, try to focus more on more like the student life aspect of college sports too, like trying to dig into like the fashion aspects of it, you know, what are your classes schedule like, you know, and having kind of that nitty gritty, like him being a bartender, me, you know, working with kids in sports and having that like kind of behind the scenes knowledge also, right. um, you know, getting some of those stories that not everybody has and some of that stuff we can share, some of it we can't sometimes. Sure. Zuko, so kinda... Zuko's like, Mm-mm. no, yeah, yeah, he does a good job of letting us know like, hey man, that's that's probably cut, something, cut yeah, that's, that's, a, right. that's a bossa nova kind of situation. Um, but I think that's the, one element and then we're just we're not professionals you know yeah. we're kind of dirty in that Which way is a and good i kind of like that yeah, yeah exactly we're, we're coming at it from more of an amateur perspective and just kind of a pure fan perspective right and, and what we kind of found too with a lot of especially the podcast revolving around the ducks was that it was kind of a lot of it was really vanilla and a lot of x's and o's kind yeah. of just reporting on the news kind of stuff and we do do that as well i think i do it a little bit more than justin uh i spend a little more time just breaking down stats and i like to get all that stuff right in front of me but i mean that's not the focus we like to use it more of like a reference instead of like the whole main point of the pod because people they can go and get that information if you want to know exactly what herbert did on saturday go look it up there's lots and audibles there's great podcasts out there for that information what we like to kind of do is like you know how did justin herbert look during this game you know like body language um you know and like you said the fashion you know and and how how they progress as human beings and not just athletes right you know i will say though listening to you guys' show independently you guys you know you got your laptop and you're looking stuff up and i've noticed that you'll switch off where you'll carry shane you'll carry the conversation for a second where justin you're googling stuff and looking it up and so you guys do a good job of of being on the fly with the with the numbers because i think when you throw out a statistic that's what people will repeat Mm -hmm. like i was listening to the flock and they said that 90 percent of this or whatever so that's cool but i get what you're saying where you want to have a feel more than just numbers yeah well and he actually spends time preparing for the podcast (laughs) um so i feel like that helps set him apart also in that way uh he he always shows up with like the binder all full of notes and stats and stuff like that i like to fly more by the seat of my pants and kind of bring the hot takes and stuff like that so i feel like in that way we're kind of a a good uh yin and yang if you will yin and yang (laughs) yang? i I, I write down 
on, on a little card, I write down a maximum of 15 words basically yeah. for the show, you know, cause it's like, I want it to be free flowing as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what would you say is the biggest challenge doing the podcast? I mean, obviously work schedule is tough. Yeah, that's the bit of part of it for sure. But I mean, just for me, it's it's been learning the digital world and kind of oh, learning yeah. that that verbiage and, you know, how to get like the RSS feed set up and, you know, getting things, you know, that your logo in the right format for, you know, iTunes and stuff like right. that. And just, just kind of learning that digital wizardry, if you will, has been the hardest part for me. I don't know about for you, man. Yeah, I'd say probably the hardest part has been... Uh, I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot more information out there than I think I was even like, I was kind of naive to like how much this deep dive, especially we try and cover, uh, as many sports as we can. Uh, we get to club sports and all that other stuff, which is great. Yeah. And there's, and we found that there wasn't a lot of representation for them. It was just basically basketball, football, and like there wasn't any like really volleyball, soccer talk or anything like that. But just getting into this bevy of information out there and then trying to kind of also, um, not really like stay impartial, but, uh, you know, remember that we are talking about human beings and you like kids too. Sure. Yeah. I mean, these are, yeah, these are absolutely. young adults. So kind of like, you know, when you're sitting at home on your couch, it's easy to like trash somebody, but then if there's potential of them actually hearing it or something, you know, like those comments do, you want to change well, a little bit. And that should go for the opposing teams too, you know, right. cause, cause essentially, yeah, it's like when we have our tribe, which is the Oregon sports athlete, you know, Oregon program, we're going to defend them no matter what. Like if LeGarrette Blount punches someone in the face, you're like, yeah, he was having a bad day. Yeah. It's yeah. like, well, what did that guy yeah, say? Right. <laughs> you know, and that's, I mean, that's the thing too. It's like, uh, not to get off point and, and talk NFL, but like Miles oh. Garrett, like in my thing with watching Miles Garrett is that I truly believe he should take the year punishment he is. And I don't even think he'll appeal it. He is going to appeal. He is, is going to appeal I'd it. I'd love to hear the appeal process. So, but I will say that watching him in the post game, and if you're not familiar and you're listening to this, so Miles Garrett is a defensive lineman for the Browns, and during the the Steelers Browns game there was a melee basically, and he ripped off the helmet of uh, Mason Rudolph, and then hit him with it. But he he didn't make great contact, fortunately. Hit him with the soft part of the helmet. Yeah, too. but he in the post, you know, and there's a lot more. I mean, Mason Rudolph was the one that started it, wasn't punished. That's a different story. My point being though, Miles Garrett in the post. You know, in the interview with the media, I felt like showed a lot of remorse. And in a way that he he sounded genuine in saying, like, I have no excuse. You know, I, I messed up and I'm going to take my punishment for it no matter what happens. And you, what I'm getting at is, is that these are human beings that made a mistake in a high intense situation. So people are so funny to just jump like, oh, my God, that scumbag needs to go away forever. And it's like. Ugh, we've seen it with a guy like Ligari. Well, and know? it was in, in, in that situation too. Like uh, a grown man was attacking him. I mean, what, I'm not defending what he did, but Mason Rudolph was absolutely coming after right. him. Right. And I mean, like it, it, like should he have swung his helmet? No, absolutely not. That's assault. Right. But I mean, there was like a, a grown adult person that was trying it's, to yeah. harm him. Right. So I mean, that's a natural reaction. Right. I have so many thoughts on that. I know. I saw. <laughs> oh I'm just. I'm I saw, have to I have keep so quiet on I saw you had posted something about Man, it. Yeah, right. I, yeah. I stayed away from your Facebook. Yeah, beef there's. On that one. Yeah. Again, I'm not trying to get political in that sense. But what I will say is, when a grown man strikes you in the balls twice <laughs> in right. a melee like that, and things happen in football, like scrums and stuff like that, in the pile that we don't, that don't come out. But again, I'm not excusing what Miles Garrett did, but the fact that Rudolph wasn't suspended now they're talking about him getting fined, you know, after the fact that that's simply a travesty. Like, what are we, what are we teaching? And like, we were talking about youth when we're not 
you know, the guy that started this whole thing isn't getting punished exactly. at all. Exactly. You it know, and, and the fact that he comes on the press conference and acts so pompous. Yeah. And that just bought, I mean, we talked about it a little bit in a pod yeah. earlier where I mentioned he has kind of a punchable face <laughs> and it was kind of poor timing. So it's your it was, fault. Cause right? I came <laughs> it is my fault, but I, I do feel like that, that just sets the wrong tone. And I think Garrett going up there and then Garrett is a guy. I, my hot take is that this is going to be an event in Miles Garrett's career where we're going to see him come back next year and possibly be the defensive player of the I, year. I, completely I think agree that it's going that. to completely crystallize his drive and kind of refocus him. And like you've seen it in a couple of, he wanted to do an interview with Jay Glazer and the Browns ixnated. Like wow. he wanted to get out there and kind wow. of put his kind of side of the story and out. And Glazer would be a perfect one to do it. He's the perfect mm. guy. And I actually, I got stuck watching that countdown show this morning a little bit. And I liked a couple of the things that like Gronk and these guys were talking about where this stuff happens at practice all the time. Sure. It just doesn't get out. It's the same kind of thing with the Ray Rice thing. Once you see it, once you actually see it visually happening, you have a total different connotation. Well, you know, it. you're talking about him him coming out, you know, for the better in the long run from it. And I agree I agree with that. And the good news is that he didn't have to murder anyone like Ray Lewis. Like Ray Lewis had to <laughs> had to kill somebody. Woo! Right. And then Ooh. and then it was like, you know, now yeah. now he's a, he's an American treasure. Oh goodness yeah. gracious. My, my brother always used to joke about Ray Lewis. He'd say he'd say like it's just a damn shame that that god doesn't care about the steelers because because ray lewis would always be like jesus was the reason we won today you know his dance though i think his dance kind of just like ixnays everything around I know. him it just gives yeah, him all the credibility it is in the world. crazy how that whole thing just got kind of swept under the rug he just because like, there's yeah. a lot of those things happening that's, so, a, yeah. so that's the biggest <laughs> we got totally off point in the nfl but that's the biggest problem i have with the nfl is that it's just so inconsistent with the punishment and yeah. the and the framing and the when the people that can get away with stuff and then other people that are vilified and we won't say names number seven but like, you know I mean I mean it's just obvious so back to the ducks yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We can jump back on that same we will <laughs> we will bounce around in different topics and that's what that's what podcasts <laughs> that's are what, fun that's for. what we're best at yeah we're really good at that so before we get into just full on duck talk I want to make sure that if you're listening to this it's the flock pod how do you find your guys' site so like Apple Podcasts Spotify it's on lips in the and the link is in the show notes to this yes but if you're gonna find it it's it is what is it listed as so it's listed as the flock pod and right now the easiest way to follow us and the, the way that helps us the most is to actually just go to lips and download us straight off of there where we're working on getting it more available on other platforms and stuff like that and that's kind of what i'm alluding to with the, the digital wizardry and anything like that yeah um but that is the easiest way and like i said the way that helps us the most because then we can track the stats and stuff sure. like that yeah yeah and then i mean we release everything on all forms of social media so i mean that's kind of how we've relied heavily on on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on getting our stuff out there. And we have a few followers around like the country that, uh, I mean, we've never met before that, I mean, that's how we've come in contact with them. It's just Twitter and stuff like that. Right. Uh, but yeah, we, Right now, it's not on uh, Apple or Spotify. We're working on it. We'll yeah, be see, shortly. I, I use Anchor FM, and which is one of my sponsors, so I've got to throw that out. But Anchor FM is a free app, and it's cool because they, they do it pretty fast. And okay. I do the website as well, and, I, and you're right, because the statistics are much easier, and I just don't think that Anchor statistics are accurate. But <clears throat> I've also come to the, the conclusion that I don't care about the numbers too much. If there's like 25, 30, 50, 80 people listening, I'm, I'm fine with that. And then it'll grow, obviously, the more you put into it. But yeah. there's different sites that, you know, I, I don't know. To me, it's like 
once you start paying, then it's like, okay, you need to pay for more. And then, you, okay, you've reached your upload limit. And so I think the Anchor so far, they, they there's no limit. You can put as many. So that's a good one to check out. I'm going to have to look into Anchor, absolutely. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that makes that sense Especially, I mean, we're still, I mean, we've been doing this for a little under a year. We're babies. Say. Yeah, we're, we're babies. Uh, we're still kind of trying to figure out which avenue works the best. And uh, we kind of rely on the analytics to kind of figure out, like, which, uh, I think our show has kind of taken a few different turns on how it's been structured. Right. And we've kind of relied on the analytics to see, like, which structure works right. best. Well, and well then, received, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, essentially, a little backstory, kind of how this came to be. This this podcast, the Shane, you had reached out to me when I started my podcast. Basically, you're like, "What the hell did you do? How did you do? <laughs> how did you, well, do, it, how yeah, did was, you do this?" It was very like serendipitous, actually. I I really wanted to get into this, and I was listening to yours, and I was kind of like, "All right, you know, maybe this guy can give me some advice." And I was like, reached out to you. You told me, you know, what like uh, recording stuff to use, and kind of like a good startup. And then within, like, I thought Justin was going to try and get me to help him sell, like, real estate. He wanted to meet me, and I was like, all right, yeah, dude, let's meet up, let's talk. And then he was like, let's do a podcast. And I was like, whoa. Because it was, like, literally, like, two days later, I hadn't talked oh, to him. Oh, you hadn't that. even talked about no. it. No. And when, after it's I talked funny, to you. It's funny, because you reached out to me, and I was like, let me just call you. And I think I talked to you for, you're, like, trying to hang up. Because I just, I'm like, I'll tell everyone. There is, you know, to me, for one, what I've learned by doing the podcast is that the audience is the show. Just like any other radio show Absolutely. or something. The community. Yeah. yeah, so it's been really cool because what I end up seeing is my audience ends up being past guests a lot of times, which is cool, actually, because it grows this not only brand, but like this just community. And so when you reached out to me, I was like, I absolutely want to help, especially I'm not the type of person that's competitive when it comes to anything. I mean, I am with sports and Monopoly, but like, you know, you want to, with podcasts, everybody needs to have a voice. And right. so just getting your soapbox and stuff, I think it's awesome. So. Well, yeah, and it was something that we also wanted to collaborate with you yeah. like, from sure, the totally. jump because right. we're like, we really like what you do and we're kind of in different, um, like realms. I would totally. Say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I got to give a shout out to Mason Hutchinson. He's actually a guy that sat down with me at the barn light before I talked to you and kind of laid out a roadmap of how to do all this also, you know, use Audacity, use Libsyn, kind of like gave me the tools to, because I've been, I've been wanting to do a podcast since I started listening to him going all the way back to like the Bulletproof executive like 10 years ago, you know what I mean? That was kind of the first one that got me going. Um, and then when you mentioned, you know, like the community aspect, I've got to get a, uh, a shout out to Count the Dings, Jade Hoy, what they're doing over there. Cause that, that community that they've built is the other thing that was the catalyst for me. Like, Hey, I want to do something like that. Right. You know, and it's been a true grassroots pod. They kind of started on ESPN and then started to do their own thing. So it's, they've been a huge influence on just getting me involved into this whole media aspect. And again, just having a platform to kind of get your voice out there right. and, and to build a community from that yeah totally it's crazy i never because i mean when i started it i just kind of had an idea and then i noticed real quick the people that were engaging mm -hmm. you know and you've if you've listened to the podcast you've noticed that there's repeat people i've got james barber who's a, who's a sponsor and also he's going to be a guest december 15th that'll be like his seventh time on the show awesome and that's cool because he's kind of my go-to for for uh the prime the progressive part of the democratic party and then i've got blair conrad who i talk about a lot she's like one of my best friends she's been on the show a ton and she one of the reasons I give her the most shout outs is because she has the most engagement with the social media. And like you guys said, Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff is really crucial for so you to, important. to, you yeah. know, people engaging and it takes a second for someone to click a like, and then you're going to post the link every time. So, mm -hmm. you know, you're talking about Libsyn. One of the downsides with that is I don't, people would have to come back every time to see that there's a new episode. Yeah, correct. Absolutely. So that's where it's like, 
you know, I'm going to have, if you're look, if you're looking at this post to listen to the podcast on Instagram, there's going to be a link to your guys' Instagram and then as well as Facebook, Facebook, I would always say it's probably the best cause there's text, you know, yeah. there's more. Mm-hmm. So if you use, if you're listening to this and you use Facebook, like absolutely go follow the flock Appreciate and the links that. will be all yeah, over, yeah. all over the, the show notes because and don't just give huge. us that like, don't just give us that thumbs up. Give us like the little heart or something like that because even heart. that algorithm aspect is sure. like important. And you got to change so your weird. profile picture to their logo. You know, hey, That'd be great too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, right. touching your nose. Right, right. Just don't do the okay sign. So, yeah. but, but so yeah. So you know the ducks. I mean, it's crazy. We're talking mainly football right now, and I think it's cool, you t- Shane. You had touched on how you cover different sports. A, if you're going to do this year round, which I'm sure you will, you know, there's only so much football news in the off season. So that's cool that you'll cover different things. And and then I'm sh- I'm sure that you know maybe the M's. There's other things that doesn't have to be Oregon. It's not Oregon. Like University of Oregon only, right? No, it's if we kind of do Oregon sports. I mean, we definitely yeah. have like a U of O angle, but we we bring up the Blazers. We talked about the M's a little bit. Um, I want to give a shout out just real quick to U of O club hockey. Oh yeah, ranked number three in the country, like yeah. having their best season ever right now. Yeah, like, Austin, that's a big one. one of their yeah. players. And if Austin, you're listening, what's up? So yeah, like he's awesome. you know Austin is is uh, God, I can't remember his last name offhand, uh. but. <laughs> I'm on the spot, but he's one of my customers at the barbershop cool. and we've been talking about having him on as a guest and club baseball as well. The barbershop camp, Dudley's campus barbershop. We do collaborative work with the club baseball team. Cause if you're, if you're not familiar club sports is basically the same as we call it varsity. That's yeah. club uses that word. When you play, like if you play for the duck football team, you're on varsity. There's yeah. no club football cause it's too expensive for the insurance. Right. But, but, uh, because of Title Nine, there has to, which is a great thing. We're yes. not we're not saying it's not, but because of Title Nine, there has to be the same number of of athletes for both women and men, and so club is something that uh, there's a, like there's no varsity men's soccer team, for example. True. So there's the yep. club, mm-hmm. but then even if there is, like there's club baseball, yeah, there or there's a varsity baseball, obviously, yeah, Pac-12, and then there's club baseball, and they have to do all their own fundraising mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So yeah. Again, if you're listening to this, check out U of O Club Hockey, U of O Club Baseball. There's all kinds of stuff. Club, club Water Polo. Women's, women's Basketball. And Club Basketball. Absolutely. <laughs> them out. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So that's got to be getting pretty competitive, too, because, you know, I mean, for club athletes, it's it's people that probably could play D3, D2 a lot of times, but yeah. they want to get the education specifically at the University of Oregon. Well, and it's been interesting to have this experience coaching the club girls basketball team because we're kind of like that paycheck game for like these small community colleges. Yeah. So like we show up as like their exhibition game and we went to a jamboree up at Mount Hood. We actually beat Mount Hood, which was awesome. Super <laughs> fun. Um, and then we've kind of gone and taken our licks at, you know, Lane and Lynn and we just played down recently at Umqua. Um, and it's just been a really fun experience to see these girls that just have a passion to keep playing the sport. Yeah. Um, and a couple of them are trying to be recruited by the teams that we played. You know, they're trying. But again, they, they want the, the larger university experience. A couple of them have, you know, scholarships at the University of Oregon that they don't want to mess with and things like that. But it's really fun to see. I don't know. To me, club sports is what in 10 years college sports is going to be because sure. that's like the purest form of oh, I see what you're sports saying. you know what to I mean to keep it amateur yes. yeah, I think that's, that's the transition that's, cool. that's going to take and, I that, think and that's cool if you have both you know exactly right, and yeah. it's going to be a different animal it's going to change you know yeah. there's going and we haven't really dug into this too much I feel like this summer we'll have a little bit more time when there's the new cycles a little bit slower and some more of this information's coming out about how they're going to start paying athletes for their likeness and things like that or allowing them to get paid for their likeness but it's going to completely change right. collegiate sports 
sports as we know it. Yeah, that California law, I mean, that completely shakes things up. I, see, I like the way California ones is that, does that mean that, that the school literally pays the player? No, they're only allowing the, uh, the athlete to now go out and be paid for their likeness. Uh, see, I like that. It's sticky because then when does a booster sure. come in and yeah. offer them this opportunity? Like, hey, let's make a comic book about you. And they just like, well, here's a- the thing with football. So it doesn't, in my opinion, it hurts some sports. Basketball, college sports is a joke anyway, because the yeah. fact that if your talent rises to the top. Now, what you were saying about club sports, like a guy like Peyton Pritchard, okay, may not be an NBA talent, <laughs> but he, I mean, it's close, okay? Yeah. I hope he does. Yeah, we're all, we're all in his corner, obviously. Yeah. But I'm just saying, <clears throat> the fact that he's a senior already shows that he's not a first-round pick. Yeah. That's just oh, literally a given. Absolutely. You know, yeah. so that, my point being is, is that club sports... Basketball is one of those ones that fall, or like varsity mm-hmm. basketball falls into that category where the best players are already in the NBA. Yeah. But with football, there's so many players, back to the booster thing, that you're not going to be able, there's only one quarterback on a team. Yep. So you're going to have to go around the different places. And then the rankings are good, but they're not great. I mean, we've won with three-star talent. Two, Patrick Chung was a two-star mm-hmm. recruit. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be on different schools. And, the, and the, the problem already exists, like the Boise State, where they have to win with lesser talent. Yeah, the inequity. With coaching. Yeah. So it already exists. So I get the argument, but I think it not allowing them to make money off their likeness. Like Johnny Football is the best example because it's a good one. Yeah, trademarking his stuff, and we're talking college Johnny Football. Like in the, his pro career was whatever. That's not the point. In college, <laughs> he was the biggest personality, and with his likeness, uh-huh. right? And and he was an Oregon Duck for like forty minutes. But like, yeah. I, I have a picture in my phone with him in a U of O polo that yeah. I'll never ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like never forget this almost happened. I'm glad, and I'm glad it didn't because we got a Heisman Trophy winner. I'm very that's happy that's to, you know yeah. the yeah. second coming. Although of, that competition would have been something else. I'm in, I think a, a good example recently of this likeness thing is Sabrina Ionescu becomes yeah. one of the first collegiate women athletes to get her jersey mocked up. Mine's in the mail. It sells. Out, I, I hate you so much. Mine's in the mail. Um, it. They, she sells out in less than 24 hours, and she's not going to see a dime of that. So when you buy the jersey, I think it's good that, that men are buying the women's jersey. Oh, is it a, so is it a jersey jersey oh, or is it a yeah, t-shirt? No, it's, it's, a, it's a replica jersey. It's they're, sweet. They're like 75 bucks. The second wave of them is sold out again, though. So her name is on it? Her name is not on it. Okay. Um, which is a little interesting because the names are on the but actual jerseys. But that's what jerseys, allows them to sell it without exactly. having their name on it. Because that's always what we were saying. Like, boosters. Boosters would be like, I'm going to go ahead and buy. Like, if you paid each individual player because their name was on the jersey, then a booster would be like, I'm going to buy 10 million jerseys if you come to Texas A&M. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So Texas A&M is going to get it, sanctioned. It but. also creates uh, another level of, like imbalance with who can make money off of their likeness where i mean if you are like a uh, not like a top tier women's basketball program like say it's like the university of nebraska like you're not going to make that much money being right. a women's basketball player i think it's going to go in a pot though player. i think it's going to go in a pot for all sports because it's going to have to so if you're an athlete you're an athlete i don't think football players will get paid more just because there's more revenue that's the one tricky weird part well i think the way that the california legislation is written and I could be off on this but I believe there's not a pot there's the university has nothing to oh, do right, with this like right. there's no filtration it's literally just going to be the the athletes will basically be allowed to go get an agent and begin publicizing their own likeness and then they can make money off of that likeness so they kind of already do though because like with Instagram especially with college basketball like Bull Bull yep okay Bull Bull was all over even before he stepped foot on the campus of the university even though he was only there for such a short time he never felt like a duck to me because for one he played nine games disconnected yeah right he 
is a prime example of somebody that cannot be a paid influencer for Instagram where everyone else can. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like this is just it's like they were really screwing him over to, you know, it's like LeBron made that comment which is stupid, but he made that comment where he felt like a slave. And everyone's like, what? Especially since he's this high-paid athlete. Yeah. But that's what he was getting at. Well, there are situations in sports now, we're talking about a different thing. Yeah. Right. But it yeah. would definitely apply more to college sports. Well, and I would say an interesting, another, like, is that kid T-Jazz, who's a huge Instagram, YouTube sensation, like, with his crazy layups and stuff like that. And he's still a high school kid, but he's like, oh, well, if they're going to allow this, then maybe I will go play college basketball. Right. You know, because before he wouldn't have been allowed to because he already has this massive revenue stream off of his own platform, off of his Instagram page, off of his YouTube, millions and millions of likes. Well, LaMelo, LaMelo Ball, I mean, yeah. LaMelo, it was like, I don't even know if he was going to be eligible to play because no. he... Well, because of the shoe thing. Because, But the shoe thing was a family business, yeah. and so it's kind of a weird thing. He's an interesting one because he's, he's an exception to the rule where people that have decided to forego college to play overseas, I mean, he forewent high, foregoed high school. He was playing but, at some prep school in Ohio. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, oh, I mean, I think he was playing, he's in Australia right now. Now right? he is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he just dropped out of high school to play elsewhere. But a lot of times, like Brandon Jennings was a guy that went from, China. he went to China and it didn't go well because no. they just basically are like, you're a boy. And yeah. and we've seen it. It's, it's honestly not gone well for the most part for everybody who's chose like a college alternative to say i mean like anthony simons is somebody who's kind of done it recently where he chose the prep school route before other uh, besides going to the four-year school but yeah i mean so far the success rate's not great for guys who've gone overseas before going pro but i think coming up we're going to see it more and more to where then there's going to be i mean the first high school like first guys coming to the nba out of high school didn't do well i think that the g league needs to be in play my thing is is that if you want to come out you can play for a standard amount for the g league like whatever it is like forty thousand dollars whatever it is that everyone gets paid there's no everyone gets the same yep and then you can either be drafted early. Like, I think it's great if they draft, like, a high school junior and sit on it. You know what I mean? Like, that's what they did with Larry Bird. It's an interesting it's, philosophy. It's weird. Yeah. But why not? Why don't they? Draft the rights, kind yeah. of like hockey does. Yeah, because yeah. they did that, like, exactly, like hockey. And, you know, back to the club hockey, I mean, we did an episode about the Eugene Generals, and we talked about the amateur status versus professional status, that keeping your amateur status, there's benefits. There are, yeah. And there's, mm-hmm. you know, people just don't know the nuance to that whole thing. So that's a huge thing, especially with hockey. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I like the idea of someone going and playing the G League. Maybe you have to be 18 out of high school or whatever, but uh, because then, you know, NBA TV could be showing that. And, I mean, I'm sure college and NBA have this backdoor deal, but, the rea- like, it's a minor league team, essentially. But it's I think they also compete. It's kind of interesting how it all works. Well, and that's what I'm – I think over the next 10 years, you're really going to see things evolve in a – it's, it's kind of like we're at a fork right now. Like things are going, this thing in California is going to be a catalyst for the game to change. And it's going to be really curious. It's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah. So let's get into the Ducks. I mean, we talked a lot of that's good. That's I, I want to come on when you guys talk about that during the summer. Because yeah, the, the, the whole, that, that yeah. would be fun. Because it's something that I have There's a ton of. a lot of, of angles to it. Yeah. There really are. And I mean, I, you know, the business end of it. And that's really cool to hear you guys talk about. The, now that you said that, like about what you'll do on the off season, because that's when you'll get to be like, today we're just going to talk about Bill Musgrave. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And just yeah. give some back. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. just give some backstory to new Duck fans yeah. because that. Real quick, the biggest issue I see with Oregon athletics, and we're starting to see it good this year come around, is that you have a fracture. You have all the new fans where mm-hmm. they expect championship every season, and this year's been a lot of fun because 
we don't have high expectations. I mean, our team is nine and one, and we're still all all of us will probably agree. We're like, I don't even know if we're that good. You know, like we're a really good team, but we're not. Are we championship caliber? So every single game you go into, I mean, watching the USC game was a prime example. We're dominating them, and we're still nervous. Yeah, you know, and that's a good feeling. Yeah. And so what happens? Why? Where I'm going at with that is, is that you got the old fans that are like, "Oh man, I know what it was like before." Shout got, out my dad. Right. <laughs> You're right. We, we've kind of referenced uh, many times on our podcast that, like, the, uh, I think the kind of split was, like, the Chip Kelly era, where, like, fans who grew up, like, before the Chip Kelly era, even, like, the Bilotti era, it's like, oh, I'd say Bilotti, yeah. It, I mean, there was so, there was such a struggle, and then all of a sudden it was just, like, so much success. And I, I remember, like, uh, when. I think it was during, like, the Hellfrich era. I was watching a game, and somebody was just like, ugh, like, because we weren't scoring a touchdown yeah, yeah. every drive. Well, and I think Chip Kelly is the is the, is the the line. Because with Bilotti, there was still this Mike Riley element of him where mm-hmm. it was like these, you know, the boys did all they could today, and they talk about it as if it's, like, a college athletics. With Chip Kelly, it was like, we don't give a shit what your opinion is. You know, yeah. kind of, he didn't care about the media, and that, I loved it, but it also did affect the crowds. And, I mean, we were some of, our fan base was just terrible for we're a while. Pretty obnoxious yeah, yeah the second the second national championship run though personally i didn't think that that team going into the season was that great mm-hmm. and it surprised me that we were as good as we were in the end and we were really good but then still obviously proved in the championship it wasn't enough which i like what they've changed and we you know because now the lines and stuff i think we're more competitive in yeah. close games which yeah. is good but uh the we just it was like disappointing i mean not only was it disappointing it was like a painful to go to that second championship. I almost didn't even enjoy watching it because it's like, we're going to be embarrassed if we don't win. Like in the past, going to the Rose Bowl was a huge deal. Yeah. Like if you say your dad, there's two things that if you're an older Oregon resident, Eugene, Oregon resident, there's two things that you'll say all the time. It's like, you know, this is nothing. This isn't, this snow is nothing. 1969. You know, everyone, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. everyone talks about that. Yeah. And then like, Oh, I, when I went to the duck games, you could sit wherever you wanted. Yeah. yeah. You know? And it's like those two things. I don't know what the hell happened in 1969. <laughs> you could probably sit on the field in 1969. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, you can call the plays. Pass, like, you're right like, away. you're yeah. like, throw it. They're like, you think so? Like, yeah. like, it's a run. It's a run. Right. Well, and I think last night I was, I was at the game last night and I think it was kind of a big, for me personally, kind of a turning point for this specific team. I think I saw this team take a big step forward. And those of us, our listeners, know that I lovingly refer to our quarterback as uh, <laughs> Justin Sherbert um, because he's a, he's just a little soft and he has his moments and things like that. How'd you feel about that flea flicker? So I was, what I'm going to say, what I'm going to say, this is this is this is a big moment. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm dropping this on your podcast. Oh man, I'm so happy right now. I am dropping. The Sherbert moniker. He officially has earned his name Herbert. That flea flicker pass. I literally looked at the people around me and I was like, that was a ball. Like that ball that he put on his hands. He, he throws it like a tennis ball. Like the ball comes out of his hands so beautiful. And he took a hit on that play also, which is to me the biggest difference. He stood in there, threw the ball out there, gave his wide receiver a chance. And... Yeah, he's he's officially Herbert from Do you think he's the first quarterback taken in the draft? No. No, I think Burrow will go first. Yeah, Burrow from Burrow. LSU. Yeah, yeah. I think Burrow will go first. Tua, Tua could have been Oof. before the Bo Jackson. Yeah, thing. that's really but it's a different injury than but again, it's it's unfortunate to see. Right. But I honestly think there's some teams that might look at Jalen Hurts before even yeah. Herbert. I don't know. Herbert has like if you were gonna design a quarterback in a laboratory. Uh, it's Justin Herbert's sure. body. I was, and I think coachability, which yeah, it's which is a, a racist thing. <laughs> to some degree. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, because when, when people say that, they usually say it. I mean, it's not true. I don't, because 
there's people that transcend the stereotype of being a black quarterback that obviously just is a runner. Like yeah. like Deshaun Watson's a good example right. where he's a pocket quarterback. But it is it, it does happen. Absolutely. Where the coaches are like, well, I mean, Chip Kelly made that clear. Chip Kelly got a lot of flack. I don't think it's about race as much as it's about culture and differences. Like if you're a diva or you're into, you know, gangster rap in that culture, that Ch- Chip was like, I don't got time to kind of have to like cater to you. You're going to cater to me. I'm the coach. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, not to get off point, but that is very true. It happens. And I wonder if if uh, privilege is going to be something Herbert benefits from compared to some of the others, that's changing, fortunately. Well, and it's interesting. The biggest knock that I've heard on him from a lot of the scouts is he's not an alpha. You know, he's not a guy that's going to come into an NFL locker room and, and it's immediately hurt demand. Absolutely. That's probably been the number one thing that's hurt you know, Marcus, and it's funny in my Because it works both ways culturally because Joey Harrington had a lot of issues when he went to the NFL in his line, which was primarily African-American. They didn't relate to him. They're like, yeah. this little choir boy playing piano and stuff. We That was the biggest problem. Yeah. And then they said, which is this is such a Detroit Lions thing, that they're like, oh, yeah, we let him get sacked. I'm like, you guys suck, dude. <laughs> like, that's the thing. I mean, you look at a guy like Russell Wilson. I mean, you've got to have an infrastructure. Structure yeah. that's going to support your quarterback, and right. if you don't have that, I mean, I mean, you could make the same argument. You look at what uh, the Rams have done with Goff. You look Ugh, at what yeah. the 49ers have done with Garoppolo. They've created a system around their quarterback that can put them in a position to succeed, as opposed to okay, here's our system, Joey, go succeed in it. Sure. Here's our system, Marcus, go succeed in it. Goff is good like 25 percent of the time. He's regressed. I mean, that's it. I don't want to hurt Shane's feelings well, over okay. here, but that's, I don't that's know a tough if topic. Goff has regressed as much as the entire offense has. Regressed the O-line and, is so and then Goff is a, a he's a byproduct of what the offense accomplishes. And it's I mean it's a different situation. Goff has never been an outstanding quarterback. Sure. I saw him play at Autzen when he played for Cal. He's pretty bad. And there was nothing that yeah, I he saw was that was like, behind people. Yeah, that I was like, dude, this guy should go number one, let alone the Rams should trade up. And for again, him. it's again, it's because he fits I think that part of it is this that he fits exactly. The mold. They're like, and that's fine too, because they're, brand, I mean, kind of to an extent, because they're trying to brand it LA. They're like, ooh, this guy looks like he just got off a surfboard, you know? Exactly. And so that, I don't, I mean, it is what it is. Like, we all like, you know, the regional type thing with sports. That's why we love college sports. Yeah. So when that happens for NFL, it works too, you know, because like, Ray Lewis being from Baltimore was in Baltimore was awesome yeah. because that fit the fan base. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That, like you get somebody that's like a corner kid essentially. Well, and there's and that's, the, it's true though. That's yeah. some of the magical moments in sports. I mean, you referenced Larry Bird, like when a player's personality and mantra and playing style just fits the city that they right. land in. You know, I think that Larry Bird fit Boston oh, so yeah. perfectly Arbor- on, on so many sure, levels. And Red Arbuck <laughs> was a genius. The thing with race and, and Larry Bird though, that's brilliant that nobody ever looks into is is that he hated the fact that he was looked any race even brought was brought this is up true. Yeah, you know because he true. and when he came out with isaiah thomas and he defended isaiah thomas when thomas was made some comments about him that he that he wouldn't think he was great if he was just because he's a white boy that they thought that which i'm making those arguments right now even in 2019 that those things come into play and we can't help our biases true it happens with uh, Luka Doncic right now. Oh, yeah. Luka Doncic is the man. He's awesome. But but people look at him, it's like, wow, Different. dude, that white guy's awesome. Like, yeah. that's yeah. crazy. Well, the, the good news is that Luka Doncic is going to end up being as good as, this is a hot take, as good as LeBron James. His, he's going to win more championships. See, I'm a huge believer in Luka, and I'm not even sure I would go that far. I, so I, I, bet I, you, I love So it. here's love the thing. Yeah. So here's the deal. LeBron James will never win another championship. So I there's one that. hot take. I because And Kawhi Leonard is going to win more championships with the Lakers than LeBron James. That's a hot take. Shenanigans. That's a very hot because take. Because what's going to happen is Kawhi is going to win the championship this year. They're probably going to lose next year to whoever the, West, the Eastern team is. Maybe the Sixers. I'm a Celtics fan. Maybe even the Celtics. 
And then he's going to go to the Lakers. It's going to happen. LeBron's going to retire after two years. Kawhi's going to go there. I think this is his evil genius plan is, is that, like, I'm going to make people think. I'm going to win a championship with Man. four different teams because LeBron has – or I guess it would be, yeah, four teams. Be four if you want to win the Because LeBron has three yeah. championships with two teams, and I think Kawhi's going to win a championship with four different. Because that's where we're at with the with NBA. That would be a true silent assassin kind of move. Yeah. yeah. It would be a very ninja-like. The, but uh, Luka Doncic, do. though. Luka Doncic, man. He, if you are listening and you haven't watched that guy play. Ooh. <sighs> I, yeah, saw him, uh, I saw him up in Portland last year. And what that kid can do with the ball and without it is... Magical and like, just really an awesome to... personality. See the NBA. <laughs> we're gonna talk ducks, but no. But the NBA, <laughs> the NBA is why I love it is because it is a family. The whole thing. I used to argue that like, oh, they like each other off the court. It's stupid. I don't. I think that the competition is as good as it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the so awesome. it's beautiful because with football, you see that there's situations like the Steelers. Brown situation. Obviously, it happened in basketball, but that was not not the players fighting each other. That was them fighting the fans, and it was deserved because that guy dumped a beer on Ron Artest's face. And yeah, that's a different well, he hit issue. Him from like forty rows away, which yeah, is crazy because exactly. you know he threw that beer, and they had to be like, "Oh, there's no way it's going <laughs> to." Right. When it hit him in the face, there's no way that guy was like, "I would have been the first to punch him." End well. <laughs> I would have been the first to punch him just sitting next to him because it's like, dude, that dude is coming at us now. But yeah. anyways, the NBA has this cool like just fraternity that I think is great, and I mm-hmm. think it's going really good. But guys like Luca, man, he's his his savvy, his humbleness in his interviews is awesome. Well, I think the NBA is just a smaller knit community, also. That's one of the things that Jalen Rose talks about all the time is there's just not that many guys that get the chance to actually put that jersey on. In the NFL, there's just the sheer numbers sure. really change that dynamic. And then wage gap. You know, mm-hmm. you know that's another aspect for sure. The non-guaranteed contracts and the right. difference between guaranteed contracts and the, the comfort level that that kind of creates for you. I, and the, absolutely. The structure the NBA has with the G League and the two-way contracts to where the NFL doesn't have that. Where the NFL, they'll just ship you right out. I right. mean, if you're done, yeah. you're done. And then it's like, good luck paying for all your medical stuff later. Like, I know. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize. Like with the health insurance, they had to like fight to make it to where I think it's like for every three years you play you get five years of insurance now or something like that i don't know exactly the numbers but man it was ridiculous before it's like you had insurance while you were playing and then it was over yeah well i'm looking at a guy like Shaq when he got hurt you know saying hey i got hurt on company time i'm gonna get healed up on company time you know sure. and not take i mean Shaq's obviously an extreme example but that's the kind of mentality a lot of these athletes have I mean, that's, you almost have to because you'll get destroyed. It's like I always joke. It's like if I, I work independently now, but when I worked for like a corporate barber shop, I was like, if I slip outside, can you drag me back into the shop? <laughs> hey, I tell the girls all the time at practice, like, I don't have health insurance. Like, do not touch me. Like, do not hurt me. Like, I am not out here to get bugged up. Right. And coaching women in today's world, too, you're like, I have to keep myself at a 10 foot distance that from you also anyway. That's interesting. Yeah. I took a bow to the, uh, the eyebrow the other day at practice. Shout out Claire for that one. But uh, yeah, no, it's an interesting element for sure speaking of basketball and women's basketball let's get into that actually because weird segue but man the oregon ducks team is number one in the country just beat the olympic team i mean this is a big deal i think sabrina is probably gonna go down as she could go down as the best player in the history of the game you mean my future wife right <laughs> you know? well, and this team is also uh i mean it, Sabrina gets a lot of the hype and it's well deserved. I mean, the triple double records and everything. She had a triple double. She is the night. mother of ducklings. The mother of ducklings. And, I saw uh, that, yeah. <laughs> but this is a, a complete team. I mean, even the bench is, right. I mean, out of this world. And the transfer that just came over from USC, uh, Minnie Moore, is probably the best point guard in the Pac 12. 
men or women. Right. Cool. And uh, I mean, we haven't. Even, we've yet to see Sedona Prince is another transfer from Texas. She has some ineligi- eligibility issues going with her transfer. Uh, she's a six foot seven five star forward. So oh. I mean, there's there's a lot on the team. Ruthie Hebert is having an amazing year right now. Uh, Satu Sabale isn't even back from Germany yet to join the team. She's coming next week. She's awesome. She could be a first round draft pick in the WNBA. So I mean, as a so they're whole, pretty deep. And then obviously, oh, oh, God. obviously yeah. Graves is doing just an incredible job. Well, and we've kind of referenced this on our pod. He's he's built a team and a culture and a community that matches his personality. You know, like I loved after the scrimmage that they had a couple weeks ago. They showed this press conference of Dana talking and oh uh, yeah we played all right tonight yeah we got some things we got to work many on shots too many shots yeah. looked like bad basketball out there blah 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 <laughs> and then you go to Kelly's like hey guys how you doing that was fun wasn't it <laughs> like it's just he has such a different um energy about him and i think his girls really feed off of that and sure. he's, it's it's a testament to him and recruiting and his assistant coaches to just that fun culture and that's not a that knock on dana it. either no it's not because it no. fits his system yeah. dana, right. dana's that way dana's a savant oh my gosh like if i i mean i've only had a couple conversations with him but he is an absolute so i think with savant. men's basketball coaching yeah college at that level is is it's keeping things mellow yeah because essentially you got all these people that have been told that they're the best at what they're doing and you need to play in side of a team game mm-hmm. because you know a little backstory for me personally when i was in eighth grade there was a girl that played for hamlin middle school her name was chelsea wagner she played for the ducks yeah and she was like do you guys want to play a game uh you know three through four and four is what it was and we're like no that's not even going to be fair because i'm two years older than her and a male and so we're she's like you can even have five and we'll play with four all th- i think three of the four played d1 basketball of the girls and they were up like 20 to nothing on us or something. I mean, I think it was like 15 to nothing, and we took the fifth player, and they still beat us. We scored two points. <laughs> but what was different is we were all trying to play. We were all trying to be Kobe Bryant. We're yep. all trying to hothead. We're all trying to be seen on each individual play instead of instead of the long game. And so women's sports, they tend to play more as a team. You know, it's way and, more selfless. And, and stay in their lane a little bit. And successful teams in in basketball, men's or women, move the ball. Like you see the Celtics, it's like when they're making the extra pass, they're good. And, you know, that's a whole different thing But because Kyrie Irving is a cancer. But still, like. I agree. You know, it's it's cool when you see him moving the ball. So guys like, so a guy like Dana Altman, his coaching style really works with him. Well, and Dana Altman, you can see he can coach like with a look. Like I was at the game versus Fresno State and he just like shot a glance at Francis Okoro. And he like you know immediately right, like, right, right. kind of I do, I do have to say I wish though it, though this Kelly Graves is a great coach but I don't think men should be coaching women's basketball and like I think that's it's cool what you do in club. Yeah, that's yeah, a really I mean, interesting conversation. The only reason I say that because I know you do coach and I think it's great and and while it's allowed go for it you know what I mean but I think it takes a job from from a woman you know and so ah, it's tough it does but i mean here's the deal you're seeing women get into the men's and side i was just gonna so that's, say that's that what yeah, I think and that's beautiful the, that's that's the the line that is now being crossed that makes it equitable sure i, think I the, completely I think, agree and i think you're gonna see i mean becky hammond i think is her yeah. name she, yeah. she's gonna yeah, be an nba head and coach and i completely agree because to with that so that's a very good point because for me growing up just education wise and this is what these are they're educators they're educating yeah. you 
oh, how to absolutely, especially with basketball, because not only do they teach you how to be a good player, they teach you how to be a good person, and that's yeah. something that comes with a good basketball coach. I mean, that's the whole John Wooden thing. When I would go to Dana, he's kind of like the Rick Carlisle of college basketball, if you will, where he is uncompromising. I mean, you were talking about the way that Cristobal kind of you know has that culture for the football team. That is Dana for the basketball team. Sure. I mean, if you don't show up and play in his defensive system and you know submit to his will, you're not going to play. And I think it's great. Any good coach is going to bench the best player. You yeah. know what I mean? That, mm-hmm. that you have to just kind of. Yeah. So we got, we got to go ahead. Well, I was going to say with like men or women, I mean like Pat Summit, greatest women's basketball coach of all time, right? Like she has a coaching style. It's a lot more like Dana Altman where Kelly Graves has a coaching style. It's a little more of like a rah, rah. Sure. Woohoo. And it's working. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, there is like a, it's almost just like a personality thing, whether or not it's men or women, but I I do completely. I just, I think that there's something there that with women's sports, it's kind of a disadvantage to. To, to not make sure that all the head coaches are women. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's a good point, like I, I you said, point. that they're starting to it's starting to be a real possibility that, that women will be in men's sports coaching. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I'm sure at some point there's going to be a woman in the NBA, mm-hmm. in the regular just men's NBA. Ooh, see now that's I don't agree with I, that. So maybe there shouldn't be, yeah. you know, because the WNBA is yeah. getting stronger. So let's prop that up. And that's the beauty of the success of this Ducks team, for example, is that you see that now when you say when, when you say basketball, you don't say women Women's basketball and basketball. You say women's basketball and men's, and men's basketball. basketball. And I do like that a lot. And you've seen that in Eugene. That's the power of success. Yeah. Because in the past, it was like, did you watch Oregon? Do you watch Oregon basketball? You were literally only talking about the mm-hmm. men. And then you'd say women's basketball. And I've even heard people say, did you watch the game last night? And they're literally only talking about women. Like yep. they don't even reference. So it works both ways. I don't know. It's kind of neat. I mean, my, my boss at the barbershop, George, he's got a daughter that's 11 or 12 years old. They went to the game and he's, not normally a huge sports fan. Now with youth sports, it's getting him really into it. Uh-huh. And basketball is the one that his kids have taken to. Oh, and man, basketball. it's like, I'm, <laughs> as a parent, to have your, your daughter want to play basketball mm-hmm. and then to watch not only this team, but the characters on this team. Oh, yeah. It's really incredible because it makes your parenting skills it makes it a lot easier, you know? Well, you have an example to point to, you know, exactly. and I think we've talked about that several times, how, how exciting for a young girl growing up in Eugene to be, you know, we can talk a little bit about how Sabrina, I mean, obviously she was watching Steph Curry in the Bay, but that's what really motivated her to, to like change her game and, you know, really commit to basketball. But how many young women are we going to see now come out of this five, four, one community that are being motivated in the same way by sure. this women's oh, team? Oh yeah. Big time. And no, it's something gonna you're going to awesome. see. Obviously there's going to be opportunities for Graves. So his assistant will probably at some point be the head coach. Cause I don't know if this, the, the thing right now, if college basketball for women is a better job than the WNBA. I mean, I think he's making more than a lot of WNBA coaches. That's what would. I'm saying. And he has and complete think, control over his program. Right. And college sports, there's, I mean, honestly, the NFL job, it's like Chip wanted to go pro with it. And it was, it was a mistake. You his know? was all ego though. He just sure. wanted to prove that his system could work on any level. Well, and then I have a theory too, that I think this is just my theory Ooh. that, that, he knew that the the rest of the nation college f- football was catching up to him sure. and he was like i'm gonna go jump and get my paycheck now and remove myself from this and you did see his kind of like the no huddle style the call in the plays with the big cards that did transition to most schools around the country and i think he realized that once everybody else caught up with him he was going to lose his little shtick it's, it's hard to say i think it's Ooh. both i think i think the ego probably is more likely i have a know. hot take is chip kelly the most influential football coach of the last 10 years absolutely I mean, because the way that he changed college sports and the way that you're seeing all those RPOs now in the NFL yeah. and things. I mean, I think absolutely. I, it's, that's, that's an I interesting mean, did he, conversation. That, 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 the only reason that it's hard for me to say is because guys like Rich Rodriguez, 
That, is that his, from he's from he used Arizona, to coach Arizona. Michigan yeah. I mean, and, yeah. he was the one that kind of you know innovated the the spread, but it's not like what Chip was doing. The RPO Chip, definitely. Yeah, Chip made it popular, and then like you said, the placards and stuff like that, getting stuff sent in quickly, and people laughed at him and the NFL. You know, for the first couple of years with but running, it worked. Like, but now everyone's doing it. Right, I mean, and it worked. I mean, look it's what on, the Ravens are doing with Lamar Jackson. Right, and that's been you know it's been tried. We'll see how long. Lamar, that's the issue. That's is part that, of it. But is they've that, also built it in where now they've got Robert Griffin III as his backup. I mean, they've got guys behind him that play a similar system. And they've taught. But Lamar if, Jackson if Lamar Jackson get gets tackled. injured, they're going to sign a quarterback that's their backup. Robert Griffin's never going to. No, I, th- I think Griffin would play. I don't know. Yeah, he, he's actually got on the field last week. Did yeah, you see that? The, the, Heisman, option? the Heisman backfield <laughs> that they ran with him, Ingram, Lamar, and yeah. Ingram. Yeah, that's funny. That was interesting. So we're coming up on the hour. So we didn't even talk about a few things. I do want to get onto this real quick. I want to talk about the. Ducks playoff chances Ooh, okay. now and then I want to talk about how there's this kind of going conversation that it's like do we want to be in the playoff what mm-hmm. do you what do you think so like what it is basically is is now we're ranked number six we just won we could be moving up or whatever I don't know if anyone above us lost nobody uh, above us lost but Alabama, Alabama lost to us down. so I don't know if, if the that'll the voters will, yeah knock so them there's down this talk that. that basically we may benefit for recruiting if we don't go to the playoff what do you think about that I, I disagree. I think even going up on that national stage and even if we were to lose, you know, significantly in the semifinal, you're still putting your brand out there on the highest possible platform. Right. And I think it's an interesting thing for kids to be like, oh, I'm a safety and they just got burned over and over and over again on their oh, DBs. Oh, there's an opportunity. And so, hey, there's a spot for me. I can I can go be a star. I can go be the person to fill the gap That's that they need. That's a good need. point. Yeah. Well, I think this year more than ever, it's important for this team to play in a national spotlight in a big game like that, considering how University of Oregon has been hidden by these 730 games yeah. on the East Coast That's all year. That's very true. And I mean, I think the bright spot on this team, I wrote an article about them last week, is this offensive line is one of the best lines I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. I mean, Calvin Thockmorton, Shane Lemieux, and Penny Yeah, it's Swill insane that we're going to have are... all five players are going to be top three round picks. Yeah. You know? Well, you mentioned it earlier that you've always just changed the way they play. I mean, the, all those Chip Kelly teams relied upon getting ahead early on and then playing to their strengths, playing to their system, allowing their DNs to play downhill, allowing their aggressive DBs to capitalize on mistakes that the quarterback was making because they were in a pressure situation. But this team now will just go out and just beat you. They will literally just line up across from you, offensive line, defensive line, mano a mano, and we're just going to say we're bigger, stronger, faster than you. We right. don't care about our system. We don't, we don't have a script that we have to follow. We're just going to beat the hell out of you for right. four quarters. And and that's how you win games that are close, like yeah. we talked about a little bit before. And I want to, I mean, guys like Cyrus, guys like Thockmorton, guys like Brady Breeze, guys like the Die Brothers that have been here and kind of seen the the dark days of three or four years ago. Shout out Cyrus, too, for being one of the only players to stop and sign autographs after the game last night. Oh, really? This little kid that was cool. right next to me. That dude just continues Cyrus, to impress me, man. Cyrus, if you the key, is awesome. I get, he's going to be on awesome an NFL dude. roster. I, I would he's almost so guarantee cool. he's going to end up on an NFL roster. But just getting, just the culture that Cristobal has built in where anybody anywhere anytime we're just going to be the bigger team we're going to be the better team because of our culture is something that i want to see displayed on a national stage because i think that our physicality on the line will allow us to keep up with the ohio states with the lsus right. with the alabamas yeah with the that's Clemsons. true and we're going to have a chance because yes. you know so we got two games left we got arizona state mm-hmm. who just this lost to oregon beavers. state and the beavers the beavers are going to be fun this year they look feisty you know, man I mean, they the look civil, feisty the civil war is always always a, you know it's always fun unless it's involving the 2020 election but like <laughs> but, but i can't help myself but but uh it's it's true that 
you know, it's always a good game, no matter what. Yeah. I mean, they took the – we won the game. No, we lost to him with Joey Harrington. Joey Harrington senior year, the Beavers took his Heisman. Kenan Howry game, yeah. yeah. They took his Heisman. I think we lost to him that year. Well, and there's been a couple years where Oregon had everything to gain and Oregon State didn't really have anything to gain from that last game besides just beating You know, and it's funny. Those years – I remember one year in particular where it was like, oh, the Beavers will go to the Rose Bowl. Maybe I just won't really like – it's okay if we lose. And then the game started. I'm like, you know what? Fuck the Beavers. <laughs> I was like, fuck the Beavers. Because like, they absolutely, it's not even, it, they hate the Duck fans. Like, it's it's not even, I don't think Beavers fans actually like the Beavers. They just hate the Ducks. It's like yeah. this. It's like There's this, some of that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so like when it's brown, flush it down kind of <laughs> bullshit. But what you're, what you're referencing, I think, I mean, this was a big weekend for the Ducks to see two undefeated teams go down. You know, Minnesota getting a loss, Baylor Ooh, getting they, a loss. I didn't catch that. They so huge. Oklahoma yeah. made a massive comeback to, to beat um, Baylor. And so, again, we look better on paper than Oklahoma. We look better on paper um, than the team that's going to come out of like the big, I mean, well, the second team out of the Big Ten, if that's going to happen. But things are really playing out where Georgia and LSU are going to play in the SEC championship game. As long as LSU handles their business and beats Georgia, we should jump up. Yeah, and as long also, as we beat Utah, also, it's about right. It's about eyeballs. And I think yeah. the West Coast, I think Oregon brings in such a huge viewership even if it's the beavers fans that want to watch us suffer because you know i mean people in california are going to be watching the ducks and people just i mean most of the students at the u of o are from california so well when i was in arizona down there for a couple years i was surprised that the national brand i would walk around at mesquite high school and there'd be kids wearing oregon gear right you know i mean it's it's, it's literally become a national brand ice cube we're in are we there yet he had an oregon sweatshirt hey shout out big boy you know right right. you know absolutely there's there's duck fans everywhere yeah so Mm -hmm. Well, guys, I, I mean, there's so much more we could talk about, and we'll definitely have you guys back on probably once a year so that we can we can touch on what's new and what you guys have learned about your podcast. This is the fourth episode that I've done on local podcasters, which is concluding the series, and it's cool because I've spotlighted so much different stuff, and I think it shows you know, mine being the fifth podcast, we've got so many different things that we can go over and it's just awesome. There's a lot of voices locally. So shout out to the nonsense hour to how to song with Joey Helpish. Shout out to uh, last week's guest. Oh my God. I'm re- who the hell was it even? Oh, <laughs> I don't even I was, I don't remember. I was the nonsense uh, hour one was really good. Oh, the last, oh my God. Last was broken radio five, four, one. I've been so, I got so much on my mind <laughs> and then you guys with the flock. Yeah. Nate Ingman was awesome last awesome. week about, it was a hip hop podcast. So yeah, this has been a really cool little special. Uh, like I always do, I'm going to end it with a song. Uh, this is Brody Jansen, who, uh, a.k.a. IME, he just la- uh, you know released this new track this week. So this is a fresh new release. Uh, it's called uh, Mirror on the Wall. But So we'll get to that in a second. But, guys, I want to thank you, Justin Shane. Thanks a lot for doing this. Thank you, man. Appreciate so, you, man. Yeah, thanks for having us. The Flock Pod. Uh, the best way to find it, just go to where I posted this on Facebook or Instagram, and there's going to be a link easy to find. So, like, if, if you're looking on Facebook, you'll, you'll see it's in bold right next to the episode 52. It says The Flock. Click on that, and then you can follow them. Awesome. And then Instagram, there's an at. So, you know, you'll see that. So, guys, thanks again. Thank Appreciate you, man. you, man. Yeah, thank and you. This is Brody Jansen, a.k.a. IME, with Mirror on the Wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Mr. Mirror on the Wall, can you tell me who I am? Mr. Mirror on the Wall, can you tell me who I am? Because I think I forgot once again. I forgot who I am, I forgot once again, I forgot
don't know where to start I've been going through hell trying to make it there This is breaking me down, down and down And I don't know what I'm feeling, yeah And I don't know why I'm hurting, yeah I don't know if I'm okay, yeah I just hope that I'm worth it, yeah I just hope that I make it, Can you tell me?